Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top ten breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Today we're talking about one of my favorite things, hockey and, well, cancer, with Eric Naughton. He's a Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor. How are you today, Eric? I'm great. Hi, how are you? Great. So, obviously, I found you on Facebook, as I usually do, and I don't even remember how, probably just typing in hockey and cancer, and, and there you were. Mm-hmm. So, But I want to start off with, you know, how old you were when you were diagnosed, and I know you have this great story about, well, hockey and cancer. So, let's start with your diagnosis. Okay, well, I was I was diagnosed in, uh, officially diagnosed in September of uh, 2007. Mm. Oh, me too. After a couple, oh, the same exact month? Yes. Oh, wow. What was the date? Uh, it was September 10th was oh. my uh, oncology appointment. Oh, mine was the 18th. So. Okay. So I think that, I think the 18th was actually when I had my bone marrow biopsy. Oh. Yuck. Mm. But yeah, I had been, I had been undergoing uh, tests for a couple of, like uh, on and off for a couple of months to try to figure out what this lump in my neck was. Oh. And so, you know, after narrowing, narrowing it down, we, uh, you know, that was the, that was the diagnosis. Wow. So, I mean, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Uh, I was 37, just about to turn 38. Mm-hmm. Me too. Wow. Wow. Oh, wait. Now, we have the same birthday, don't we? October 7th? That's right. Yeah, this is crazy. I know. It is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you were diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And yes. Two, what does the A mean? You uh, two stage A. 2, and then they put an A after it, actually means that that's, you have no symptoms. Oh. So mostly... Or there, or there aren't complications, or I'm not sure exactly what it is because since I had no, you know, strange thing going on, mm-hmm. I was stage two A, which means it's pretty basic. I think if you're sta- if you're B stage, it can mean that the your lymphoma is like the your lymph nodes get particularly large, oh. or you have other certain. Uh, certain aspects that would give people like night sweat, uh, different things of that nature. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I didn't get into right. what all the B symptoms were since I didn't have any. Right. Yeah, we don't care about that. So. You know, I was really fortunate to discover it very early. Oh, yes. And, you know, stage, uh, you know, the, the A side of things, you generally have, a, you know, an excellent uh, prognosis. Sweet. So, well, not sweet that you had cancer, but what, what was your uh, treatment for that? Uh, well, the the treatment that I underwent was a, a standard regimen of uh, ABVD, which is it's four different uh, drugs, and there was actually a a little bit of a discussion uh, because my m- most of my uh, uh, disease showed near the pericardium and and between my heart and my lung. Oh, okay. So they were concerned that um, radiation wasn't would be less of an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they thought we might do all chemo. But after uh, several opinions that I got from different people and uh, going up to Stanford where the where uh, uh, I, I met with uh, an oncologist who I think her name has been on almost every Hodgkin's paper that you can find. <laughs> yeah, they re- everyone ended up recommending radiation. So I did about, I did my chemo from September to the end of December. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I had about a month off. And then I went up to Stanford to do uh, a month of uh, radiation therapy. Wow, a month. That's a lot. 
Yeah, it's every day for like four weeks. Did they have to uh, strap your head in and everything? Uh, yes, that was a little claustrophobic because oh they make they have that they do that little mesh cage thing mm-hmm. that they form to your head. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's that freaks me out. The whole radiation process for me, like I think I was talking about this on the, the last show, was actually lining you up for me exact for for mm-hmm. breast cancer was took longer than the actual radiation. Yes, you know, same yeah, same for me actually. Because of they had to be very, very precise for where they targeted me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was that was a uh, that was quite a long process actually. Yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah. you. Did but you the keep- mask wasn't so bad. I mean, when I was, you know, I remember being a kid wearing a Spider-Man costume <laughs> for for Halloween. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're not strapped in. Oh, true. <laughs> That's true. That's and you don't have people putting little tattoos on you. Yeah, exactly. To line you up. So you, you finished with that, and then you decided you wanted to play hockey. I mean, how did that all come about? Well, you know, what happened was, it, it, it's a strange thing because, you know, Mario Lemieux, who mm-hmm. is, I, I'm from Pennsylvania and always been a Penguins fan, so Mario I'm sorry to hear that, but go ahead. Big heroes. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said I'm sorry to hear that, but go ahead. Oh, come on. I'm just now. joking. At least you're not a Flyers fan. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> w- uh, wait, where was I going with that? Uh, chemo brain. You went to, uh, Mario? You, oh, Mario, yeah. So, okay. So when I, when I was diagnosed, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is telling me, look, if you're going to get cancer, this is the kind to get. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I heard that too. And it's like, really? Because I thought that no cancer was the Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was good, period. Yeah, because I was actually joking with someone. It's like, well, why did somebody tell me breast cancer was the best one to get? What's so great about Hodgkin's lymphoma? I don't know. I guess, well, they've been curing it since the 50s. Oh, there you go. So Yeah, but you don't have a whole month full of, like, pink ribbon crap, so. Good point. Gotcha there. Good point. I don't know. I think there is a Hodgkin's month. It's 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 lumped in with all the lymphomas, though. So. <laughs> lumped in, um, exactly. <laughs> bump. But you know, so you go through your. You, I started going through my treatment, and mm-hmm. everyone is saying, you know, look, you have a ninety-five percent chance of cure, and you're, you know, as I go through, they're like, oh, you're responding really well to treatment, and we're really happy about how it's going, and you just kind of, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to, I'm going to power through this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come out clean on the other side and everything's going to be great. I'm going to do all this stuff. So you're busy with all the stuff that you have to do. And then when I was finished, so I I finished up around the end of February in 2008 and uh, I came back to my home in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting around, you know, watching hockey and there's this feature special on Mario Lemieux. So I'm watching this documentary, and I'm like, yeah, Mario, he's my man, and <laughs> all that stuff. And then they come up with, you know, they say, in you know, 1993, Mario Lemieux was diagnosed with a life-threatening disease, right. Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I was like, gulp. Yeah. You know, and that, that was the first time it really hit me that, you know, I had this disease that was trying to kill me, basically. Right. And, you know, it kind of started getting getting me to think about, you know, well, what do I really want to do with my life? 
you know, that I, I, ha- I just haven't been doing. Right. You know, I'm going to I have to really take this as a second chance to do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to spend my life the way that I really want to and how right. it makes me happy. And to rewind again, when I was diagnosed with cancer and I realized I was kind of going to have to quit working. Mm-hmm. And, where, where were you working at the time? Uh, I was working on a television show. Okay. Which one? Uh, Kane. Very short. Okay, with uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a victim of the writer strike. Oh uh, yes. Um, but I realized I was going to have to stop working, and I had a hard time following hockey for a long time because, you know, I moved away from Western Pennsylvania. I moved. I lived in Washington D.C. for a while, mm-hmm. and when I moved out to Los Angeles, you know, you're kind of in enemy territory, and. It was also difficult out here to watch the East Coast games because they're all around 4, 4.30. Right. And you you couldn't get into the Kings? Come on. No. Come on. Not even a little bit? No, I'm sorry. I'm a homer. (sighs) You're a homer. That's okay. Um, I forgive you. And, you know, it's like... I, I couldn't watch the games, and mm-hmm. I also there was I was struggling for a long time, so I couldn't really afford to get NHL Centerized yes, and yes. Tivo or something, mm-hmm. you know, so I could watch everything. <laughs> well, when I realized I was going to be sitting on my tuchus with nothing to do, you know, for months, I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get Centerized, and I watched tons of hockey. I used to tell people that hockey saved my life because it gave me something to kind of mm-hmm. something positive to look forward to keep my mind occupied while I was feeling really, really awful from, you know, from the chemo effects of the chemo. Well, I, I feel the same way. The same thing happened to me. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. and I've spoken to, I've spoken to many other people. Um, I, I actually was, I was blogging on a bleacher report for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And I met some other uh, amateur writers there who uh, they were like that. We went through the same thing with, you know, we just like found so much solace in, in watching hockey. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was the year that, you know, the Penguins almost, you know, almost they lost to Detroit in the finals. See, now, the, the thing about that for me was, you know, not to interrupt, I was diagnosed. Um, we get to go to training camp the last day of training camp for the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. I followed the Red Wings through when they won their Stanley Cup and they hoisted the banner one day to the year of my surgery. Wow. So, yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So, yeah. So I know what you mean by, you know, you follow your team. And that was a a heartbreaker that they lost. But, you know, just watching them battle. And then you're battling, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, well, and then they came back and they won the next year. Right. Which was also fantastic because Mm -hmm. I was... I figured, you know, I had so much fun the year before I was getting back to work. I'm going to get a DVR and I'm going to record all these games. And I actually recorded every single game, every single playoff game that the Penguins played that year. And I made my own personal DVD set. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Which is nice that it worked out that way. I didn't waste all that time. But, but, you know, it was so it was so fun. And I think I was actually able to enjoy it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, that next year. Yes. You know, following up the disappointment of the year before, even though I thought I'm like, well, you know, the Red Wings, they're such a great team. Yes. And, you know, these Penguins, I'm like, you know, the way that they're playing, they're going to win a, a couple more cups in the next few years. I'm not really too too worried about it but when you know after going through all that experience where I had you know really gotten back into hockey in in a much bigger way than I'd been able to since the early 90s 
and I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to do with my career, mm-hmm. I started thinking, gosh, you know, I wonder, it would be great to work in hockey oh my God, because it, it seems, it seems like so, it seems like so much fun. Yeah. And everyone and over the years I've worked, I've worked with sports. I, I do sound, you know, on location. So I've right. worked for ESPN and Fox yes. Sports and, you know, different places wherever I've lived, you know, doing interview stuff and, you know, different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so much fun. And I thought that would be a great way to go. And then suddenly, I don't even know the moment that it occurred to me where I thought, I, I, I don't want to just work in that I want to play yeah and when I was a kid I had wanted to play but it was it was too expensive it's, it's very expensive uh, I grew up off of Lake Erie where it's you know the, the pond ice is suspect <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of pond hockey going on around there right you know Cleveland Erie that whole stretch it's kind of you know, you always hear accidents of kids falling oh. through. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of like you had to play at a rink. And it's just it was just too expensive. And when I was in high school, I had a, fr- a good friend of mine who played. And I thought, gosh, I would that would be great. And I went to see him play. I'm like, oh, there's no way. I can't do that now. Really? I'm too old. Um, <laughs> and so it's one of those things that you kind of just kind of leave behind and think, well, time has passed me by and I'm not going to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I kind of said, I'm going to learn how to do that. And I started asking friends and it became it it kind of became this idea that, well, you know, I should I should just make a documentary. I'm a filmmaker. Why don't I just make a documentary? Sweet. And, you know, it kind of slowly evolved to, you know, to be the project that it is. And I actually, my very first day of filming for the documentary was my first day on the ice, uh, with my coach and it was my 40th birthday. Oh, wow. And it was, it was so much fun. It was so hard. It is hard. And I hadn't been, I had skated before like a handful of times, but I didn't really know how to skate. Yeah, you know what? And I learned how to skate probably in my mid thirties. I would say early to mid early thirties to mid thirties. Because mm-hmm. because I figured like you, well, I learned to play hockey before cancer, but I wanted to exercise, and I figured, well, if I buy all the gear, <laughs> you'll be stuck. I'll be stuck. <laughs> so yeah. But then they don't tell you, oh, when you buy the gear, oh yeah, and by the way, there's ice time. It's like, Mur? what? Oh yeah, they're like, huh, what? Yeah. Yeah. I know it does it does get a little it does get a little pricey but I was also kind of coming at it from the uh, you know the perspective of it, you know if I really want to do this yes it's that's money's no money doesn't matter right I mean I kind of went I I took the you know I borrowed gear for mm-hmm. the very first couple times that I went skating right. I still have borrowed skates <laughs> I still have hand-me-down skates but I kind of, I went for, you know, bargain equipment. I found some really good, really good inexpensive equipment. Mm-hmm. And slowly, you know, when I've decided, oh, this is something worth spending some money on, I've gone and done that. But, you know, it wasn't, I didn't spend, you know, $2,000 in equipment. Like oh, God, right I, didn't, I didn't do that either. But Well, you shouldn't. No, no you shouldn't. 
And I also spent oh, the first six months just learning how to skate. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was really tough. I'm still learning how to skate. There's still stuff that I'm not, um, I need, you know, I Help. need to get some. Russian circles. On. We all love those, don't we? I'm sorry? Russian circles. Uh, like the quick turns. When you do each circle, you know, crossovers. Uh-huh. Oh, through the, uh, the circles on the ice, each one. Those are yeah, the I can do, I can do, I'm pretty good with crossovers. Mm-hmm. Backwards crossovers. Yeah, those are hard. Uh, not so much. I'm not really good at the, at the sharp turns. Right. And mostly it's because, okay, so I'm, I'm good with my outer skate because I'm on the inside edge. Mm-hmm. But my, my inner, inner skate, I'm not good because that has to be on the outside edge. <laughs> yes. And what I usually end up doing is I end up kicking that, kicking that foot out or I end up just stopping. I'm not at the right angle, so I stop with that foot. I hear you. And it pretty much puts the kibosh on the turn. <laughs> So that's a that's a tough one. The other thing the other thing for me too is is that I'm not great at incorporating even if I could do all of these moves mm-hmm. like crossovers and all that stuff when right. I'm actually in the game. Yeah. I forget to do all that stuff. That's <laughs> the same here. You know, it's not seamless. <laughs> yeah, I know, I hear you. So So when you you learned how to skate and you're and as we all are you know, mm-hmm. always learning and from other players. Mm-hmm. How did you decide to, you had, did you have to have someone else shoot it, film it? Oh yeah. I've had, um, I've had, you know, different, various friends of mine, you know, being in the film industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have friends of mine who are, you know, camera guys and sound guys and where we've worked on projects before and, you know, had a lot of fun. And I've just, you know, I kind of have this stable, uh, there's a, a couple people that I can rely on uh, right. to shoot most of it. Mm-hmm. But when they're not available, I have some other people that I've been able to call who will come along. And, you know, everyone who has, who has shot for me uh, here in town uh, has been, you know, volunteer. Right. I did go, I played at the Penguins Fantasy Camp this past spring. Now, did they invite you to that? or did They you did invite me, actually. So you don't have to pay for it? I did not, oh my God, but so I had awesome. to pay for my entire crew to get there. Oh. And because I took my crew for five days, I, I paid everybody. Right. You know, it mm-hmm. was like the full on production. Right. Uh, but I had two camera crews there following me almost the entire time. And the penguins were fantastic. They gave me just, you know, full access. And well, um, tell me how you got the penguins. Well, what happened was, yeah. what happened was, okay, so this, in the summer of 2010, mm-hmm. uh, I, had been, I had been filming since October 2009. Okay. And so that summer, I had cut a little, uh, a little promotional trailer. And uh, what, happened, what happened with that was actually, was a friend of mine teaches uh, editing. Okay. And the place that he teaches at, they have a class where uh, advanced uh, editing students take on like real world projects. Oh, awesome. So I gave them all my footage that I had and I got like four different cuts of a, of a trailer and I went in and meet, met with them and we did like little recuts. Well, mm-hmm. one of the guys I really, I really connected with, he played junior hockey when he was younger. Nice. Uh, his name is Matt Ostrow. And we got together after the class was over and fine-tuned the edit, 
and and everyone else in the class was great too because they gave us ideas for the that we incorporated into the into the final thing. But you know, the two of us working with Matt's uh, edit from class right. and my little notes, so we created this trailer. And I put it up on YouTube because some friends of mine wanted to see it, and that was the easiest way to show them. Right. And I and as I was sitting around one day thinking. Gosh, now how do I get this to the penguins <laughs> to ask them to allow me to film me at the camp? Mm-hmm. A guy, by the, a reporter, uh, Sean Leahy, who writes for Puck Daddy, okay. uh, it's a Yahoo sports blog about hockey, he uh, called me up and said, Hey, I, I want to do an interview with you because I. He's all big about, you know, writing stories about cancer. Um, it's a personal thing for him, from his, his family. And he's a Penguins fan from Sweet. Long Island, oddly oh, that's, enough. That's odd. And he wanted to, you know, write an article about, about my film. So he wrote, you know, we did an interview. He did, wrote a really wonderful article. And the same day that it went live, he called me up and said, hey, you know, this guy uh, from the Penguins organization uh, wants to talk to you. Can I give him your phone number? Which, of course, I said, okay, yes. <laughs> Duh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> a few days later, I spoke with, uh, I was speaking with the Penguins, and they basically said that they wanted to invite me uh, as their guest wow. to be at the at the fantasy camp. That's awesome. Because fantasy camp is pretty, I mean, we would all love to do it, but it's pretty expensive. It's it's pricey. Mm-hmm. It's pricey. It, when you take into account the what it costs just to be involved. Right. And then if you're coming in from out of town, you have to fly in, you have hotel, food, all that stuff. But being a hockey fan, I mean, if I had the money, I would totally drop drop it and go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm, no matter what happens, I will borrow money next year to go. Right. But I'm going again. Yeah. But it was was an unparalleled experience. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking on your website, uh, pursuitofhockey.org. I see you with uh, the coach. Mm-hmm. Dan, Dan Bilesma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you get a personal tour of, like, the locker room and, like, the whole... Well, what, that actually happened in September. Oh, okay. Uh, so what happened was I was going to be in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. at my grandmother's memorial service, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, well, I'm going in early to be with my family, but, I, you know, I'm going to be there, so I might as well... Why don't I come in and meet with all of you so we can talk about logistics for the fantasy camp? Right. So they said, well, we'd love to give you a tour of the new uh, Consol Energy Center Mm -hmm. that was brand new. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that'll be cool. I'll get to take a look at the place, and then we'll sit down and talk about how to do the, how to deal with, you know, my film crews coming in and all that stuff for for Fantasy Camp. Right. Well, uh, and I had a cameraman friend of mine drive in from Penn State, because that's where I went to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he came in to, to film my little tour, and... We go through, they show me the arena and all the, all the cool, like the little club spaces mm-hmm. and the, yes. the boxes and all that stuff. And we go down and uh, the executive who, who took me around, uh, Rich Hickson, who was formerly uh, from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins as well, okay. he, he said, you know, now I've I got to go see, I'd like to show you the locker room, but they're having staff meetings, so I don't know if you can see it. And I was just tickled to be there right? Exactly. anyway. So we're down in the Mario Lemieux party suite, <laughs> which is like the ultimate man cave. The place nice. is insane. It has the stick where he scored five goals, five ways in one game. Awesome. It's in there. Well, so, so Rich goes off 
and we're in, you know, with my crew, and we're doing, like, stuff. I'm, like, starting to download footage, and we're just doing stuff, you know, waiting, which, of course, meant my camera was not ready when Dan Bilesma walked in. <laughs> Gosh. And... I was like, hurry, hurry, we got to shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And uh, so Dan proceeded to take over and take me on a tour of all the Penguins' offices and awesome. players' areas. Wow. And the thing that was really phenomenal, which, I mean, they really rolled out the red carpet for me, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting at all. Right. And. I had been following, you know, the building of the of the new arena and seeing all the pictures. And when they said, well, we're, let's go into the locker room, I'm just prepared to be in there and say, okay, I'm really in the locker room. Right. So when we walk in, I'm just kind of soaking it all in. And then I look across the, uh, the locker room and I see in the stall next to Sidney Crosby's nameplate, they had a Penguins jersey with my name on it. That rocks. And it was, I was, I was speechless. Yeah. And you'd be surprised after this interview that I could be possibly be speechless. No, I, I believe it. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. And I, and my first thought was, oh no, if I ever wear that to a game, someone's going to take a picture and claim Jersey foul. <laughs> but I think my name and my number on it given to me by the Penguins, I well, think I yeah. get a pass. I, I think you do too. <laughs> That is awesome. But yeah, you know, it was so it was so great. And uh, Ray Shiro, the general manager, came in to mm-hmm. to chat, and uh, you know that was when they officially invited me to to come to the fantasy camp. It was great because I actually later that fall I went to the game. They came out to play the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. When during warmups, I went down and I kind of tapped on the glass, and Dan Bilesma looked around and it. He, I waved, and at first he gave me that, uh-huh. you know, the thing like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, hey, how you doing kind of thing. Like, and then he suddenly was like, oh, hey, I know you, and gave me a big wave and a smile. That's awesome. So that was pretty nice. <laughs> wow. So then you went to uh, fantasy camp. Yeah, so fantasy camp was in March mm-hmm. of, of just this past March. Oh. And it was, it was really amazing. Brian Trottier was on my team. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. And uh, Gary Roberts was there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know who, who even though he was only with the Penguins for two seasons, is a fan favorite. Yes. How much footage did you get? Because Fantasy Camp, I'm assuming, was like a week or five days, right? I would, yeah, it was, let me think, we had Friday. It started like Friday late morning mm-hmm. after the Penguins practice at their practice facility. And then we played there that day, and then on Saturday we played there, and on Sunday we played at the Consol Energy Center. Oh, my God. After wow. the afternoon game. That's awesome. And so probably through those whole, those three days, I've got to have, I don't know, I probably have, I've got to have 20 hours of footage. I believe it. Wow. That's awesome. If, if not more. So now, how far along is your documentary? Is it all finished, or? Well, oh, No. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. No. I have, you know, pretty much I've spent, I've spent this whole time focusing on my part of the story. Mm-hmm. Now what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm looking to get interviews with uh, NHL players right. who uh, fought cancer and mm-hmm. returned to play in the league. Excellent. 
So, uh, you know, the guys I'm hoping to interview are Mario, obviously. Right. Uh, John Collin, who also played for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Phil, Blake. Jason Blake, Phil Kessel. Uh, and Saku Koivu, they both mm-hmm. play for the Ducks. Right. Uh, well, at least I think they still do. And then Phil Kessel also. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm hoping to interview uh, Paul Stewart, who was uh, an NHL referee. And he was given a very poor diagnosis, oh. and he beat it, and he was he was back refing within the year. That's awesome. Which you know is fantastic. I don't really consider. Well, I I am a hockey player, but when I say I play hockey, it's like you know what I mean. But you know, when I tell other people, they're like, "Wow!" It's like, no, really, I'm not. You know, average kind of player. Just to see, like, when you were going through what you were going through, and same with me. When you hear like Phil Kessel and Jason Blake and. Uh, these people who are going through kind of around the time when we were, it's just like, wow, and they got back in the game pretty fast. I know. I mean, it's, it's just very inspirational. And Absolutely. I'm, and I'm sure, like, when people tell you, it's like, wow, you play hockey now, and you're doing this documentary, and you're inspirational, and, and you're just like, I just want to get on the ice and play. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's you like, know? I, you know, part <laughs> of it, I think that is something that kind of, I'm always taken aback. Right. Um, me too. Mm-hmm. You know, where I know that, it, it's this for me, you know, because I want to, I want to be able to raise money with this film. Yes. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm planning to support the Mario Lemieux Foundation Excellent. and Hockey Fights Cancer mm-hmm. with, you know, proceeds from the film. You know, this is my way to give back. But at the same time, I'm having a heck of a time. Right. You know, it's so much fun. And I've met so many great people, yes. and it's been such a such a wonderful experience for me personally that I guess when people do say, yeah, when people say stuff like, oh, it's so inspirational, I'm like, well, I, I hope it will be, and I, it's hard for me to wrap my idea around the fact that I could be inspirational now. Uh, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, you can inspire people like we were talking before the show because when you're going through treatment i mean i tried to work out as much as i could but Mm -hmm. you know your white counts just get low and the last thing you want to do is even just you know take a short walk around the block yeah you know coming back from cancer and then learning to play hockey of all things which is extremely hard i think you know i think it's one of the hardest sports to play and it's not all just fighting there's a lot of obviously skating and everything Mm -hmm. even just um, yeah, just to have people who may uh, work out or mm-hmm. just try another sport or swim or anything. I mean, I think that kind of thing would inspire people. Yeah, or do or or do anything that you wanted to do and exactly. didn't think you could. Find your bliss. That's what yeah. I say. You know, it's 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 one of those things where, um, I mean, the thing about hockey being a tough sport, mm-hmm. I just have to I just have to put out there, it's. Even if you're an athletic person, which I, I think that I'm generally an athletic guy. I've, mm-hmm. I played soccer for a really long time. And, um, you know, you can if you can run and you're kind of athletically inclined, right. you can do other sports. Yes. Because running is it's just running. But to, to have to get out and do all that same stuff on ice skates. <laughs> yes. On a surface that is as hard as cement mm-hmm. if you fall it's you know it with also with hard surfaces surrounding you if you run into the boards which i have done many times, times i'm sure with all the gear which is heavy in and well it's lighter now but it's still it still weighs 
Yeah, and you get heated almost. up and all that all that stuff because mm-hmm. it's you know it's sealing your body heat in. It's a great sweat. It is, but it's you know yeah it is. It's 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 a really really difficult sport to learn. But I'd say don't let anyone tell you that you know old dogs can't learn new tricks because you know I'm doing okay. Yeah, you are doing okay. <laughs> and so. I know that you said you aren't done uh, with your documentary, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming that you're taking uh, any kind of donations. Uh, yes, I am. And uh, I actually, uh, the donations uh, go through my fiscal sponsor, the Athletic Sports Fund of America, who they hold actually a charity uh, hockey game uh, every summer in Anaheim, oh, um, nice. which I actually played in it last last summer when I still had no idea what I was doing. But Ryan Getzlaff mm-hmm. uh, played, uh, Jason Blake played in that game, actually. Um, Timo Solani has played before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they being get a lot Being of, a Kings fan, you're just hurting me now, but okay. I know. Well, Dustin Penner. Oh, okay. He played, he played there. <laughs> I, I sent a pretty sick, sweet dish pass to him. Uh, in the game, which I did completely unintentionally, but no one needs to know that. Hey, well, now they do. <laughs> oh, Wait a minute, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're taking donations on your on your on your website. Yes, I have uh, I have the information uh, on the website, which is pursuitofhockey dot org. Pursuitofhockey dot org. And there you we can see your uh, your promo. Which my is promo awesome. is there. You can mm-hmm. also find me on Facebook at uh, Life Cancer and the Pursuit of Hockey, which yes. is the title of the film. Awesome. Yeah. Facebook. I don't know what that is. I'm just kidding. Facebook. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, hockey is one of my passions and obviously one of yours. And I'm hoping that at some point we'll either play uh, with each other or against each other. Well, I would love that. That would be fantastic. That would be excellent. Call, call up your good buddy Dan Bilesma. I'll fly out, and even if it's the Penguins. So. I will do that. <laughs> well, well we are, we're planning to do uh, a fundraising game out here at sweet. some point in, in the fall when, after the season begins. So maybe you can make it out for that. That would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, keep me in mind for sure. I will. All right, so hang on. I'm going to wrap up like I usually do, and i I got to say go Red Wings. Sorry. Okay, um, no, no problem. Go Pens. <laughs> This is Mel Majoros. I am the Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook, like I said, because I am a Facebook junkie, Mel Majoros. Become a fan of the Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at Mel Majoros. Check out my website, thecancerwarrior.net. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's the Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com.